Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the picture What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you've done Good evening and welcome to the Stop Child Abuse Now show This is scan number 3089 3089 And yes, this is Carol Oh yes it is And Carol's really mad right now because I can't talk Mm -hmm. And we all know that makes Carol pissed off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't lose my humor. No, can't you lose my humor. Now, listen here. This is going around my neighborhood. It's going around my town. It's going around other cities. Michelle knows it's going all over the place, too. Michelle Bless is here. And Annie's here. And um, Michelle's boyfriend. Yeah. And Michelle's boyfriend will be here soon. I think he's here right now. It's 310 area code. Is that correct? I don't know. I'll open it up. Um, 310 area code? Who am I speaking to? Uh, hello, Nesk family. It's Lakeisha Bell. How are you? Oh, God. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So this thing, this thing, this evil thing that's walking the earth right now is in my throat, okay? <laughs> so we're going to um, do the best that we can. And very, I'm so thankful that people are calling in because tonight we're going to discuss something and I got from, you know, my Mayo Clinic stuff that I deal with all the time. And the reason being is because there's so much violence out there. Now, because my throat is so bad, I'm going to do it in such a way where I'm going to feed Michelle information so that she can just get it out there because she's a professional. We're both professionals. We're all professionals. I don't care who we are. Right now, everybody's a professional, okay? So, so what we're going to do is we're going to work on this. Yes, we are. Now, first of all, I just want to get this title out here. It's www.projectsanctuary.org. Very good. www.projectsanctuary.org. Now, Project Sanctuary, on average, nearly 20 people per minute are victims of physical violence by an intimate partner in the United States. During one year, this equates to more than 10 million men and women. I see we are a very sick, sad society. And people are just going crazy, and these stats are outrageous, and they're getting worse. So one in three women and one in four men 
have experienced some form of physical violence in their lifetime with an intimate partner. And more than 20,000 calls a day are placed to the domestic hotlines on a typical day nationwide. That's nationwide. And that's more than 20,000. Now, the way they word that means that it probably went up. So they're going to say more than 20,000. So I just want to get that out there. I'm not going to try and read the mission statement. It's too long, and I'm too sick, and that's just going to make me mad. Okay, so. I'll do so, that for you, Carol. Okay, sweetheart, you do it. Thank you. <laughs> do what? Okay, hi, everyone. Mission statement. This is Annie, and I'm going to read the mission statement for NASCA, which is National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. <clears throat> a non-profit 501c3. We have a single purpose at NASCA, to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, (coughs) including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional trauma, and neglect. We do so with only two goals, one, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboos of discussing childhood sexual abuse, CSA, preventing facts, showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. Two, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Um, that seems like a huge mouthful right now for me. Me mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I know. Um, what I want to do tonight, okay, because of what Hello. I just read before. Are you there? Yeah is, um, you know, I, I want to give it to Michelle, but what I'm going to do here, because Michelle, bless, okay. she's, can you hear me? No, hold on a second. Something's going on with my phone. Hold on. I'm okay. still here, but hold on. Okay. Jesus. Give me a second. Okay. Well, anyway, okay. She says um, she's an author. She's a minister. And uh, actually, on Thursday nights, she is like the guest speaker. We feed off of each other. That's what we do. And uh, I help her. She helps me or whatever. So are you there now? Are you there? I don't know if she's there. I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay, good. So what we're going to do tonight, Michelle, and then I'm going to hand it over to you. Because of the first stats that I just read, and again, that's such a wonderful website for anybody to to look up. It's so easy to do. The www.projectsanctuary.org. I would love to have these people on our show one night because they work with people, you know, who are involved with domestic violence situations. And uh, because the stats are so high and everything and getting higher all the time, um, I think they'd make a good guest. Hint, hint, Bill. You'll hear me later or whatever. Okay. So um, let's just go right down and get into it because 
uh, and I'll feed it to you, Michelle, because this is something that's 1 through 20. I believe there's 20. And everybody can, can be a part of this, okay, and um, discuss it. It says here, what is an abusive relationship? Number one, has your partner tried to keep you away from seeing your friend or your family? Go, Michelle. I don't think she can hear me. Michelle? Annie, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Well, then it's Michelle's phone. All right. That's all right. What the heck? We know the answers to these anyway. <laughs> so can you she'll hear come me? back. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. You keep losing you your phone me? here. Yes. Okay. I don't know what just happened, but. Um, I, don't, I don't get it. Okay, I'll, I'll read that again, and let's start can you, I heard, I heard you. Can you hear me now? Can you hear yes. me? Yes. Okay, let me know when you can't hear me, but you, what you read was, what? How, how can you know when you are in a toxic or, well, go ahead and read, just go ahead and read, I forgot the other words you said, my mind went, went blank when you said you couldn't hear me, okay. I was trying to fix my phone. That's all right. It says, has your partner tried to keep you away from seeing your friends or family? Now, that's number one. Okay. Let's let's deal with the number one. Can you still hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. How can you tell or know that you're in a toxic relationship? If this, and one of, one of them is what Carol just said. Have your soulmate or your partner uh, kept you or stop you from being with friends. Yes, that's one of the signs. They'll isolate you. They'll tell you that that they are the only one that you need. <clears throat> and I know, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. I was, uh, I had a client that I was ministering to, and we helped get her in a safe house. She was in a relationship with this man for over 10 years. And how he started off with her, is every time that she get a call from one of her family members on the phone, he would be loving dovey and say, oh, I want to spend time with you. Uh, you know, talk to them later. And then she would constantly say, I'll talk to you guys later. Got to the point where she wasn't even talking to her family anymore. Another example is where, like, every time she want to go somewhere, like if she wants to go see her family or she wants to be with her girlfriends, and he would act like a kid and say, you know, I want to be with you, or you don't love me, you don't want to be around me. And she thought it was cute. She just would constantly tell her friends and family, I can't come out, I can't see you, I have to be with my, with my husband, you know. And it got to the point, it was total isolation. And it got to the point that she got so frustrated because she was missing her family that, um, that it turned from, lovey-dovey words to um, uh, world, you know, the uh, word, you know, being valid um, verbally, okay? And, you know, where he would start screaming at her and say, you know, you're not going anywhere or going to the room, you're not doing this and that. Then it went to physical when she made up her mind that, hey, I got to go see my family. I have to go see my mom. I have to go see my siblings, you know. And he definitely started beating on her. And that's when she got scared and afraid because he threatened to say that if you leave, you know, I'm going to hurt such and such, or he was like naming, you know, a few of her fam- family members. Uh, another incident 
of knowing if you're in a toxic relationship is sometimes the uh, the person will uh, move you. He will move you away. He, he will move you out of state. He'll move you into a different city so you won't be so close to your family or friends. Do you want me to keep naming different things, Carol, or do you have uh, statements along that line? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. Um, do you have any well, other statements? Yes, I, I do have another. I mean, concerning that, concerning the first topic we're talking about. Okay. Well, I have a statement to say. Yes. Okay. I've been through that. And you see, so many of us who have been in domestic violence situations, which is what I grew up with all my life. And I like I have so much to say at another time about that, breaking the cycle. But the point is this, that when we're in a toxic relationship, we, they do scare us, they do manipulate us, they do move us, um, they do take, make sure we don't have car keys. I always tell people to put together a packet um, so that they have their driver's license, make a copy. Have driver's license, copy of keys, um, whatever you have, paperwork, and and put it in a safe place. And also add money to it from time to time. And I did that. I did that one time, and I did use it. So you see, we have to protect ourselves. We have to know, you know, how to protect ourselves. And boy, it made a big change for a while, only for a while, Michelle. Because when a person yeah, is like that, you know, they don't change. Yeah, let me add, let me add to that. Um, Go ahead. Also, you know, they want you to be totally dependent on them. So mm-hmm. they wouldn't want you to have any money, or at least not a bank account, you know. So if you, you know, if you do have access to, to finances, you want to put away money. You want to save money. It's, this is the beginning of, of preparing your escape, you know. Um, they'll take your phone, you know, they'll make sure you don't have an access to a car, you know what I'm saying? They'll keep the car to keep you from driving or whatever. Um, but they do allow you to have, you know, to have a phone or if you still have access to a phone, be very careful because they can monitor it. You know, they can put listening devices on the phone or even in the house. So, I mean, predators like that can get totally drastic, you know. Because they want to continue to have the power. They don't want you to feel like you can depend or lean on anyone else, your family, your friends. And what they do, they'll love on you in the beginning, and then they'll break down your self-esteem, break it all the way down slowly. Then the fear comes in because they'll claim to cause harm to your family. And if you got children, of course, they will say, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to hurt your child. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And so many of us have been through this and, and learned the hard way. Um, I've been in shelters, too, where women are so beaten. I mean, I wasn't in the shelter. I probably should have been in the shelter, Michelle. <laughs> but I was working at the shelter. And, you know, I know what came in through the door and how they get frisked. You have to frisk them first. Like she's no drugs, no alcohol, no nothing. And... Uh, and you and you work from there. Um, well, Annie, do you, is there something you want to add to that? Annie, I'm sorry. Did you ask Annie? 
situations like that, you know, a lot of times um, girls get stupid at times. <laughs> they think, oh, he loves me. He, he loves me so much. He doesn't want me near, you know, other guys, you know, or put in situations, right. you know, where um, where other guys can look at us and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's a sick situation on both sides. This is why the person who's going through it needs help also, psychological help, whatever, mm-hmm. because we're brought up in atmospheres where I know Michelle and I both saw blood flying all the time, and I grew up all around guns and stuff, but no one ever reached for a gun. It was all fist fighting. It's kind of comical in a way at times. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, but the point is this. Um, let's go to Let's go on here. It says, does your partner constantly check up on you? See. Okay, go ahead, Michelle. Absolutely, your partner. Uh, what was, well, that is, that is, that is, is a sign that your partner will check on you. He'll listen to your phone calls. He'll watch you in the house. Sometimes if he, if he, if he don't have that stronghold enough to keep you in the house, he'll, he, he's going he's gonna to want to go where you go. They're gonna to want to know who you know, and that's not love. That's 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 possession, an obsession of a predator who violates women. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. If you get calls coming in, you know, you get mail. They're checking your mail. Um. Yes, you you will absolutely have no privacy. Some women think that's love, but that's not love. That's what a predator does. He wants to know everything that is going on with you and around you and who is in your ear. Because he has to have that total control. That's right. And then the next one says here, does your partner accuse you of flirting or having affairs with other guys? That's a that's a number one and, you know, I, you know, I'm an advocate for women, in, you know, in domestic violence. And when I go and talk with these women in safe houses, you know, and they talk about that all the time, but I get beat. I used to get beat more often because he would accuse me of being with another man. When I don't go anywhere, he kept me isolated in the house. He said, but like when I go to the store, he has to. He takes me to the grocery store. If a man looks at me and I'm, I'm with my head down, he's claiming I'm flirting. That's another sign of an excuse to beat, to beat you. And two, understand this. Normally when men does that and accuse women, it's because they're doing it. So because they're doing it, they feel like she got to be doing it too. That's true. That's yeah. a true statement. And that can be with men too. I mean, 
um, uh, with women, rather. You can you see when when we talk about these things, these articles that we have, and the things we studied and all this stuff, it can be applied to both male or female. It can. I mean, I have uh, uh, information here. Like, all right, three out of four women, but it's five out of six men, or whatever. You see, men get abused uh-huh. too, and the stats are not the same. But it's the actions, whether it be whether it be a male or whether it be a female, it's the actions uh-huh. that we do know. Um, what do you think about that, Annie? And your boyfriend there, what's his name again? I can't think. I'm sick. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Um, what are you thinking about this stuff? Did you ever grow up in an atmosphere like that? Um, are you asking Annie? Well, I'm going to ask both of you. Let me. I haven't spoken to him yet, so let's let's go to him first and see if he knows anything about. Okay. Yeah, environments like this. Go ahead. Greg, are you here? Um, Did you bring him on? I don't know. I don't know. So let's go to Annie, then maybe he doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> that's quite all right. Okay. Annie, go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's very possible. Um, Annie. Yeah, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, okay, well, see what I was saying here. Does your partner, let's go to the next one. Does your partner belittle you in front of other people? Does he insult you? <coughs> Absolutely. Um, I I have witnessed that with, uh, unfortunately, as I, when I was a little girl, watching my dad do that to my mom. I have mm-hmm. I have uh, witnessed that uh, by listening to women that are that are right now in safe houses. You know, um, they they want to belittle. They already start to belittle me in, 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 in private privately in the home with you is him. He wants to beat down your self esteem so you can have low self esteem. So you he wanna make you feel like you like like you're worthless. So by him doing that and then you go out in public, he does it in front of everybody else so he so he can make you feel like not only are you worthless to him, but you just worth his period to everyone else. It just it just makes it worse and worse. He beats you down worse and worse. To, to make you feel like you're not worthy, um, to make you feel like you're ugly, or if you're fat, you'll say you're fat. I mean, they do all kinds of things. And love doesn't hurt. So if you're in a relationship, uh, the person you're in a relationship with is not going to call you names. It's not going to talk about you. They're not going to embarrass you. They would never. A, a person that truly loves you would not do that in front of other people and in public, and definitely not in front of He wouldn't talk to you like that. And that's what I tell these women when I sit with them and love on them and let them know love does not hurt. Mm-hmm. And physical abuse is just as bad as verbal. Verbally being abused is just as bad. It can tear you all the way down. What do you think about that, Amy? I agree. I I uh, wasn't belittled by my um, 
male abusers, but by my mother I was. I was always belittled and made fun of. My nickname was Anatrocious. My name's Annie, so I was Anatrocious. And so much shame. She just shamed me all the time. And then she seemed to delight in that. Like that was, that made her happy. I could never understand how you could be happy for hurting someone. Uh-huh. Did you say Jeff was on here or, or John? I'm sorry? No, I was asking you or Carol. Did you guys say that John or Jeff on here with us? John, there's nobody here right now. I think he, is his mic is open. someone else on the line with me, you and Carol? No, honey. Everybody's the same. I think he just wants to listen. <laughs> this is what I'm kind of getting here. That's okay. I'm so sorry. Say that again. My phone. I, I'm I, th- I think. Out. I, I is there think. someone else on the line with us, Carol? As far as I know, it's just you, me, Annie, and your boyfriend. Oh, you know what? For some reason, I thought you mentioned that John or somebody was here also. Now, no one can understand me probably because my voice is so bad, can't help it. But anyway, you know, this is this just this, this, this the way it is. Um, okay, yeah, I used to get belittled a lot by uh, actually both of my husbands. But you see, I grew up that way. Again, we have to go back to the source. This is why so many times... We stay in an abusive relationship because that's all we ever knew. Right. We were never told we were smart. People didn't want us to, you know, succeed. They didn't want us to excel. And um, the only time I ever got any positive type of um, feedback from my mother was when I used to win my awards from running. You know, I've, told, I've spoken about that before, you know, in school. Mm-hmm. Things like that, and uh, she was very proud that I was able to um, be such a good athlete. And um, she knew that I sang in New York. That made her proud because she started me at the age of five, for God's sake. And I had to wear this stupid little dress that had a hoop on it. And at the bottom of the hoop was this wire. <laughs> That's what they looked like. Okay. So um, I, I couldn't sing kids' songs. I had to sing Harbor Lights. You know, things like that. She'd teach me a new song every week. And it was in New York because I was born in New York and we lived in New York for a while. And then we moved back to Jersey or into Jersey. Then we went back and forth, back and forth. And then in Staten Island, New York, New York. I would rather be in New York. I must be crazy. But anyway, mm-hmm. the point is this. <laughs> but the point is this. Um, yeah, that she was proud of. And she wouldn't belittle, you know, anything that I did, Okay. But with that, mm-hmm. with the music or the athletic ability. But as far as the everyday living, little girls need their mommies, okay? They need to mm-hmm. have mommy say, you know, I love you. Um, you're my little girl. Um, pat me on the head, whatever. And, you know, uh, be like a mother. A lot of us didn't come from backgrounds like that. Absolutely. So when we, no. So when we come from a background, where there's all of this um, non-love stuff going on, non-approval. Many times we bend over backwards to get the approval from that parent. 
usually mm-hmm. with a, a little boy it's from his father. And uh, I didn't really have a father. And he, he was a maniac. They were all maniacs on that side. So, you know, the point is, we, many times, we come from this type of background. And this is why we take such abuse for so long, because I think Annie said a little while ago, if I heard her right, <laughs> um, I think she said that she didn't realize there was so much wrong because she was, like, used to it or something. Yeah. You get used yeah. to it. Yeah. You do. When, when you're being be- beaten and, and and battered, so you know, so much, and you, you you feel like it's your fault, first of all, and that's what they want you to feel, that it's your fault, that, that you're being uh, physically and verbally, uh, uh, you know, abused. And you're so used to it that it's like you feel like it is. Then because you feel stupid, because you feel like, you know, you letting this person do this to you, yet you can't walk away because they make you so they'll make you feel like you can't live without them or you can't be without them because they'll make you feel like, they'll make you feel as if no one else wants want you. Mm-hmm. Right. I see, I see that a lot. And you see, a lot of times it's generational because don't forget, as much as my mother despised me, and she, she told me she did, she married a guy who was my supposed father, Ancestry mm. says no. I've told you that, and I wouldn't want him to be my father. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, she went through seventeen years of him, all those beatings. Mm-hmm. I only saw five years of it, and then finally she uh, she left him by the time I was six, and that's mm-hmm. when I went to the pedophile house. But the point is, she was used to all of that terrible beating and beating and beating. And I was starting to get used to seeing and seeing and seeing it. And I, my mm-hmm. stupid brother, as I call him, he, uh, I don't know whether he's dead or alive. He, I don't want to know. But he would, um, he wouldn't get involved because my father, as he was called, did hit him a couple of times, a few times. Mm-hmm. And so my brother was afraid of him. Well, he never hit me, but I did witness what he did to my mother. So you see, mm-hmm. when we're brought up in situations like this, this is a generational cycle. And the generational cycle, in order for us to heal, has to be broken. Absolutely. And in order for us to heal, we have to know how to go about healing. Mm-hmm. So this is why I'm bringing up domestic violence tonight, because I see so much violence on the TV. And I see, I read about so much of it also. And we were brought up in it. We wallowed in it, if you will. We wallowed in the domestic violence. And it's not really spoken about enough. Because um, you, you see friends, even today, sisters, right? Friends who Absolutely. are in situations, yeah. And yet they cannot get themselves out. They refuse to get themselves out of that situation. And until that happens, then they're going to heal. And I'll never forget the first paper that I had to write on domestic violence. And there was, in the classroom in, in Princeton, 
they were sending around papers of, of domestic violence and pictures of women beaten. Now, they focused on women back then especially. Wow. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm looking at these pictures of these women, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, well, that one looks like my mother when I was growing up, right, um, until she left that, that monster. That one over there kind of looks like me, <laughs> you know, until I was able to get myself out of that and get myself the help that I needed yeah. to be able to break the cycle. So we're living in a world where, you know, I was giving stats before that's so frightening because over 20,000, at least 20,000 calls a day to domestic yeah. violence you know, throughout the country. That's, that's that's ridiculous. And, you know, but until people are ready to do the work, oh, get out of here, Biden. <laughs> Wait a minute, just jump on my screen. That was frightening. But anyway, until people are ready to do the work, you know, to say, hey, I need help too. Mm-hmm. Because they can't move on unless they do the work. And that's what I was trying to bring out before. And, and you know, when the show is over, we have a long ways to go yet. But I, I want people to, you know, are in situations like that, to look up that website because it's so easy to do. I'll give it out one more time, okay, because uh, you'll learn a lot from it. I did, was just looking at it. But it's www.projectsanctuary. That's one word, Project Sanctuary. That's what it is, projectsanctuary.org. I'm going to add something. Yeah, go ahead. I want to say this. Um, you know, domestic violence has been going on for hundreds of years, actually, for real. But oh, yeah. In the 20, this is 2023. And, you know, I know we got a lot of people listening and a lot of people in the chat room. I just want to say this. That is totally different as far as help then than it is now. There is more resources. There is more yes. help. It used to be a time, and, and I would say in my era as a little girl and watching my mom and watching other women, it, it used to be like, you know, they, if the police is called, they don't do anything. You know, they, they'll come and talk to the guy, and he'll tell me, yeah, I have to smack her around because she wasn't listening because back then, it was known for women supposed to listen and not talk and do what they're told. Please don't do anything. Right. But understand today, no matter how much this, this the person that is hurting you, what they say, how bad they make you feel, and, and, I, and I know you can't help it because you feel that way, but I do want you to understand this. You do not have to be there. You can be taken, and we can put you in a safe house. You start your life over again. And we had in some cases where we had women give them new identity, took them to a different city and state because because of the of the domestic violence was horrific and their life was on the line. You know, um, I can say and, and and I can give an example of the statement I just made. We had a woman in Ohio, which I won't name. This happened two years ago. She was she was married to a police officer. <laughs> a freaking police officer who was mm. absolutely beating her and 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 was afraid and she's been with this man for a long time she was so scared 
but but she's not here anymore. We got her away. He has no clue who helped her. He he don't know anything. She could not be found because there was evidence that we saw that her life was in danger because he used his badge as authority. And and people were, when she tried to reach out for help, when she tried to tell, she could tell other officers, and they went and told him, and he beat her. So how can she call the police when the police is, is protecting him? So we knew that we had to get her out of this situation by taking her out of the state. So that was two years ago, and she's doing great. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> All you got to do, they have they have numbers. Getting back to what I was saying earlier, they have numbers that you can call. But I'm gonna make this very easy. If you know of anyone who is in trouble, or if you are in trouble yourself, and I repeat that, if you know of anyone who is in trouble, or if you are in trouble yourself, you all you have to do is get is call any hospital emergency room because we have set this up nationally and internationally. You can call any emergency room hospital or you can get yourself to any emergency, uh, any hospital emergency room. Let them know immediately that, you know, you are a victim of domestic violence. They will immediately escort you into a room, lock it, and they will call, um, the safe houses, women helping women, and they'll have someone come and pick you up and take you away. It's just that simple. If you can't get to a hospital and you're able to get to a phone, you can call. You can call any emergency room. They'll send. They'll send it. They'll. They'll ask where you are. They'll ask if you can get away. If you can go anywhere, all they need is an address, and they will send a cab to you to bring you to them. And and women helping women line, they do the same thing. I just wanted to put that out there. No, that's perfect. That's perfect, Michelle. And mm-hmm. you see, what, people have to want to do it too. You know, Absolutely. see. Now this is where the illness comes in, because you see, look, when I was done with my first husband, the father of my children, which blew my mind. I loved mm-hmm. him so madly. Right? I took mm-hmm. so much abuse. And then finally, when I was done, I put one foot in front of the other, and I didn't look back. He was hanging on my leg, trying to get me to stay. Mm-hmm. I was done. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. one thing I want to make mention of, and I'm so bored you brought all this up, is I was mm-hmm. speaking to a hotline service some days ago before I got sick and had a voice. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, <clears throat> she said, the person has got to be real now. She's got to be real. Like, don't bother calling. That's it. So you see, and that's why it's such a, a crucial thing for people to realize there is a way out. Michelle is a wonderful advocate with what she does. You can call her. If you want to get out and change your life and not be beaten anymore, not be called filthy, disgusting, foul names anymore, and, and all the other things that go along with it, then you you call Michelle, and Michelle will get you to where you need to go. And but this you is have for any city, or, up. any city or any state. 
See, Carol knows me very well. I had women that didn't want to, uh, you know, say they want to help, and then we make a reason they didn't want it. I don't have time to waste because every, I don't know, what is it, eight seconds or eight minutes, a woman is being beat. That's right. So if you're for real, and, yes, my number and name is on the website, I don't care what city and I don't care what state you're in. I have access to all the states and the cities. If you are in danger, if you're being abused, if you can't deal with it anymore and you want to get out, we can. I can help you get out, and you never have to look back. You, you will. You, 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 I don't care. You know, I had some women say, "I don't have anything. You don't need anything. We'll help you." We got, we got, we got billionaires that donate for, for the for the domestic violence, okay, and for the safe houses. They literally buy everything to help a woman start over. We had a woman that she she left with nothing. She had nothing, but she got away. And we gave, you know, we helped her with wardrobe. We 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 helped her. You know, we helped her got her job. You know, we helped her start a got a bank account, and it was all funded through the domestic violence program. Because this is that's that's what they do. That's what it's there for. That's right. So, yeah. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It's so important that that get out there. You see, what we try to do here on NASCA is to help people. Mm-hmm. This isn't a game, and it's not a... Um, Absolutely. You know, I don't play games with people, okay? And I, mm-hmm. I try to get out all the things that we can do to help people. And because the stats are so high with what I was reading before, holy Christopher... I don't even know what I did with that paper. I'm too sick. <laughs> but I read them at the time. But anyway, okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the point is this. You, like, like you made a very good point. Years ago, um, well, when I was a young bride even, okay, things weren't the same mm-hmm. back then as they are now. No, you didn't, you didn't have where to call, really. You just didn't. And Annie mentioned that, too. You know, you're supposed to, like, like take things and, and all this other stuff. We, we all know this. But today it is so different because of the mm-hmm. organizations that you're mentioning that do give to, you know, domestic violence. Now, that's something yeah. they'll give to. I wish that they would come forward and maybe in time things will happen. I don't know. Where they help child abuse more. Where, and, and don't forget, when children watch this, that's abuse. Remember that. Because... That's something I learned a long time ago just from, for God's sake, even watching it myself. I mean, I'd stand there stoned like a statue, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I couldn't run. No, no, no flight here, honey. I'd just stand there and watch, and I was stoned. And, uh, you know, I'll say this one other time, that, and people find this hard to believe, but I have to get it through people's heads. Because it's a stat, it's a statistic, and it's proven mm-hmm. that if children, even if they don't get hit, if they're watching it, they're going to have all different types of problems when they grow up if they don't get help. Mm-hmm. And with a soldier in war, and Michelle is also, she's been in the service. When you see a friend of yours get their head blown off, and a little child is standing by, watching the mommy get her head blown off. It's the same type of trauma. Absolutely. And that's what people have to understand. 
And that's why this is such an important, you know, topic that I do like to go over from time to time throughout the course of the mm-hmm. year. Because we've been there, we've walked the walk, we've gone to school, we've learned to talk, and we know what it does to you. That's why when we read our mission statement, and I thank Annie for doing that because that's a mouthful tonight. Um, but physical, mental, emotional, physical, mental, emotional, sexual, and neglect. Well, if you're standing there watching all this stuff, what category would you put it in, Michelle? I was just about to say this stuff that you, you just, I was just about to say. There are so many people that turn their heads and close their eyes away from certain situations that they may see out in public or they might know. Don't do that. It's none of my business. How can pain, how is it that a person, this is just my opinion, how can a person, a human being, normally know that someone is being beaten and abused and you say it's none of your business? How can you normally know that pain and, 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 and close a deaf ear. I, I, I can't do that. It's sickening. Um, now, I, I, I'm not saying go over there, bang on the door. I'm not saying that. But you can at least call the police. Yes, you can. And keep calling the police. Why? Because it would, it would, keep, uh, it would keep them coming over there and they're going to eventually see something's going on. And again, the police don't close deaf ears. They are more, they're more involved in, I mean, if, if there's a domestic violence and the woman's being beaten, I'm telling you 99.9%, they're going to take that man and put him in jail. And that's the opportunity uh-huh. for us to get that woman help. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know. Well, you see, those things have changed, okay, over mm-hmm. the years. Mm-hmm. People are, are getting better, you know, at, at calling um, although not good enough, okay, and um, yeah. they're, they're always afraid of retaliation, you know, in the urban areas especially. Yeah. And uh, that's unfortunate because then you can't be someone's hero, can you? You can't. Maybe it's a child. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an adult. Maybe it's an elderly person who needs help, and then still they walk away, whatever the case might be. And, and mm-hmm. you know, this is this is why I try to talk about community at times, you know. Because um, this is for everybody, all communities. I don't care where you're located. If community would open up their eyes and say, hey, that could be me. It could be my brother. It could be my sister. It could be my daughter. It could be mm-hmm. other people that I love and care about. You know, and I would hope that someone mm-hmm. would come to my aid. Like when I was living, let's see, where was I? I was in Dover. And um, Marty was going, you know, downtown, uptown, downtown at times to work. Sometimes he had to take the train. Most of the time he was working at Harlem and other places like that. Okay. He's an electrician for the city of New York. And he was, wasn't he? He's not anymore. He's dead. But he was always in the zone. Now, but if, when he was working in the offices for a very short period of time, um, he had to wear a suit and he had to catch a train. Well, I take him over the train, and he'd walk mm-hmm. home. Okay. So, but when I take him over to the train, there's this guy laying on the platform just about, where people 
are getting off the trains and getting on the trains, this type of thing. Yes, he was a drunk. Yes, it was two degrees out, and he's laying there. He's laying there. Do you think that man wants to really lay there? <laughs> Look, people call them bums. I hear I, that's what I grew up with. Oh, they're nothing but bums. Mm-hmm. Finally, I couldn't stand it one day because I, I saw it too often. And um, I, I went over and called the police. I mm-hmm. called and uh, they came and, well, what are we supposed to do with them, Carol? They knew who I was because I worked at Greystone at the time and all that stuff. So anyway, um, I said, take them to the mission. And I, I bring forth the Morris County mission at times because, you see, people like this man who has no insurance, he's still a human being. So what they do with these guys in the daytime, and women, they downstairs of the mission, they have the thrift shop. And then they work in that. And then upstairs, they have their living quarters and um, the kitchens and stuff. They're fed and they're clothed and all this other stuff. They have their AA meetings and all this other stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. the point is, do something personally there like that. I don't care if they're a drunk. I'm a drunk. <laughs> I was. I haven't had a drink since 1981, Michelle. That's a long time ago. But at one time, I was a drunk. I was out on the streets. No one thought to help mm-hmm. me, huh? You see, this is what we have to do. This is going to be a change in society. You know, if we start reaching out and helping each other. You know, um, because we're down and out doesn't mean that we're a piece of garbage. No. It means that we need help. So I mentioned the mission because um, that's a place where we used to send clients. You know, whatever places, if I was working in detox, didn't matter. Um, We would send them, you know, to the mission. So that's something else to keep in order, keep in mind. Remember. So anyway... Let me get back to uh, what we're saying here. Um, Where was that? Number five. Oh, yeah, we did that one. Okay. Are you afraid of your partner? Well, absolutely. Here are signs of that. Um, Especially when you're out in public, um, in a grocery store, in a mall. You normally see women, they... They always have their head down. They're not smiling. They look very sad. Um, they normally have clothes that are cover up. Like in the summertime, they might have on a long fleece sweater because they they're being abused. Mm-hmm. Um, they but the, the number one main thing they're never looking up because the part their partner would think that they're staring at someone at a man or trying to get attention. Um, inside inside the home, yes, you are afraid of your partner if you can't talk on the phone when you want to, if you can't call your family and friends, or or you can't go see them. You're definitely afraid of your partner if you uh, want to work and he made you quit your job and you ain't allowed to work. Uh-huh. You're definitely afraid of your partner if you allow him to abuse your kids while he's abusing you. I mean, I can go That's on right. and on. 
That's right. And that goes in line with um, one that I actually skipped over. When people okay. try to better them, I, I didn't see it. <clears throat> when people try to better themselves and go to school, and your partner doesn't want you to better yourself, does he? He doesn't want you looking good. Right, because he, he don't want you to be independent. He wants you to be dependent on him. That's right. And uh, let's see. Okay, here's one. Have you ever changed your behavior, your behavior, because you're afraid of what your partner may say or do to mm. you? Everything has to be his way, my way or the exactly. highway. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that going on. Annie, you're quiet. What about this? What do you have to say about these things? Did you go through all this too? Yes, I definitely changed my behavior because I was afraid. Um, I have been afraid of my partners in life. And when, when I decided to divorce my husband, I was so scared that I went camping when they were going to serve him. And gave him a few days before mm. I went back. I was scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been scared, too. And um, I think we've all been scared. I, I don't think you can get away from being scared. No. I can't. I, I couldn't. Does, I mean, I may have acted tough and all this other stuff, but I, I walked around with a knife on me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt like I died too many times anyway, so I always had a blade on me. I had a knife on me. If, they, if this guy's going to strangle me or something, I'm, you know, squatted. Come on now. When, when you're being abused, yeah. you know, especially if you're abused as a child and you end up being a teenager and you get into an abusive relationship, that fear doesn't go away no. unless you get help or you put God in your life. Who takes away that fear? But if you, but if you don't have a relationship with God, if you... If if you haven't healed, if you haven't gotten any help, then yes, fear is the number one ruler of your life. That's right. You know? And that's a scary and, place to be. And that's, I was just going to say, that's a very scary place. It messes with you mentally, physically, you lose weight. You you, you can literally get sick. You literally oh. are being sick. All the Let's anxiety. Let's not talk about anxiety. Go ahead. Yes. There's, yeah, we yeah, we're on the same, same time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, this is what women have to realize more than men because, but the guys too. Come on, people. Let's let's not put it, give it a gender. All right, we'll say people have to realize that um, today mm. there is more help. We don't have to live like this. Um, let me ask you something with this safe house. Say a guy calls, since I'm mentioning guys. Um. Does he get help, too? Say that again. Oh, I'll try. <laughs> I, I said, what if with the safe house that you were talking about, um, if a guy's in trouble, a man, does okay. he get help? Yeah, can he get help, Ab- too? Absolutely. Uh, out of all the years that I've been doing in helping in domestic violence, we had three cases of men, mm-hmm. and we have housed them. And um, so, yes. Yes, um, we have, you know, once we 
you know, check out the evidence and the evidence of, uh, of abuse um, and verify it, not by what somebody says. It's the person. You know what I'm saying? We listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then verify who the, who their spouse is. Um, we had three men, not at the same time, but I had experience helping three different three different men. And what we got them into a safe house. It was their lives. They they were their life was endangered. They almost died. You know, right. they had records of being stabbed, being shot, being ran over by a car. You know, and and when it got to that point. They knew they were going to die. There was there was no other way out. They were laughed at, and that's something we hear all the time from men. They go to the police station. They were laughed at when they tell them that their wife's trying to kill them, and the police will laugh. But I know there are women predators, you know, and it, and that let me know that the three that I experienced, I can't even imagine how many more. I'm sure it's hundreds and thousands. It's the same, but they're just not going to talk about it because it messed with their ego, their man ego, their pride. But these three different individual cases of the men that we dealt with, their they their life was threatened. They almost died for real, and so we had to help them escape that situation. I'm so, not yes, surprised. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that. And people need to know that, too. You see, we have more men now coming forward talking about being abused as a child, you know, sexually and things like that. That's fantastic. But then we need to have men know, too, that it's okay to come forward with something like this, too, because Mm -hmm. it's out there. And the stats that I read earlier, they weren't that far behind, okay, women. Okay. There are more women, yes are abused but there's a lot of men too so that, that's that's very good that we're bringing this out because um, you know maybe guys will step forward and say hey you know kind of a rough show Carol's blah, blah, has trouble talking but Michelle's there and Andy's there and, and we've got other people listening and talking and, and all this other stuff and uh, you just know that you're not alone because you see it's not just a woman thing. I said I wasn't going to say gender before, but that's too stupid for me. Look, you're either male or female. Look, what I'm saying here is it's not just women who are getting beaten. It's men who are getting beaten, too. Say so uh, Hello? Yes. Hi, Carol. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was wondering if I could ask a question. Sure. I think. Go ahead. Um, Okay, so, well, I'll reintroduce myself just in case people aren't on the call. My name is Lakeisha Bell. Um, I prefer he, him pronouns. I've okay. been a member of NASCA. I've been a member of NASCA, I think, since 2016, 2017. I just haven't been participating these past two years. Um, but um, Bill knows my story. Um, I know some of the members who I haven't spoken with in a couple of years know my story, but um, I'm really grateful that I called in tonight because um, my biological father, uh, the husband of my mother, was my perpetrator. Okay. So 
where I'm at right now, I'm out of the house. I have, thank God, a a, a permanent restraining order against him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, without the declaration, I had to bargain for the judge to pass the uh, first restraining order, and I had to uh, – they put me in um, – what do you call it? Um, oh, I can't remember. You go in a room with a third party and have to – Deposition, like a deposition. No, not just a, uh, hearing. What? No, not um, mediator. They put oh, okay. for the first okay. time. Yeah, which it's not. It's never been done before when it comes to a domestic violence restraining order. But they put me in mediation. Okay. Uh, so um, I had to part of the bargaining to get the first three year restraining order passed was to drop the uh, the declaration as to why I needed it. But anyway. So, you know, I've spent these past few years getting help for myself, you know, therapy and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm still still working on that. But right now, uh, like a lot of the stuff you guys said, I really connected with. Um, mm-hmm. um, so I was molested by my dad for probably about 13 years. Um, mm-hmm. And still, you know, physically, verbally abuse by him as I grew up into an adult. I didn't leave home until I was 27. I got kicked out by him. Mm -hmm. But so my family is in disarray because I think uh, 2015, I don't know how old I was when I was 2015, but I decided to get help for myself, which was a a great risk to my safety. Um, But I think after a year, two years in therapy, I made the decision to separate from my family because after I moved out, going home for the holidays, birthdays, and also checking in on my siblings and my mom. Um, but I realized I had to leave. So once I left and I disclosed to the family why I left, my family fell apart. Um my mom and my siblings disappeared. I didn't know where they were. It was Christmas. My dad was blowing mm-hmm. up my phone, which prompted me to get the restraining order. And mm-hmm. my relationship with my family hasn't been the same. Um, I didn't talk to my sister for four years. She's back in my life. Unfortunately, her life has fallen apart because of the abuse she suffered. I don't want to speak for her, but... Um, you know, she was homeless on the streets in very unsafe situations, but now she's getting help and recovering from it. But, you know, mm-hmm. she has nothing. Um, lost everything. Um, my youngest brother was in the same situation. He ended up homeless, uh, got committed instead of arrested, and he suffered a lot of abuse and violence in the mental institution where he was. Mm-hmm. He was released to my mother's custody. Unfortunately, she had was with my dad. So these past years, I don't know how many years it's been because these past few years have just been a blur. He's been living back with my dad and my mom. And I had no contact with my mom or my brother for years. I saw mm-hmm. them for the first time. It was last December around Christmas. I saw them for the first time for years. And I didn't see them again till I think, uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So my, my brother 
is definitely asking for help. Like, I'm working right now to get him into, like, therapy services and stuff like that. I think it's easier for him to leave, I think, because I, I don't know. I don't have any resources, but, you know, I have a small studio apartment. I can get a blow-up mattress if I have to. But he's staying, he says he's staying in that situation because of my mom. He wants to get my mom out. Um, my mom is asking for help, but it's difficult and it's very traumatizing and triggering for me uh, because I'm still in this. Um, mm-hmm. um, okay, let me say something. So, yeah. So, okay, so your mother uh, is being abused? By her, her her husband. Well, here's the thing. I've never seen him be physically abusive to her, um, but verbally, like she's not allowed to call me. The reason why I haven't seen her is, and it's weird. He he's I know him. He's very violent. He's very threatening, but he's sneaky. Okay, but he, I understand this. I understand this. Physical, uh, verbal abuse is just as bad as physical. So if she's even verbally abused, then that is domestic violence. I just want you to know. But my question is to you again. So have she said to you that she wants out, that she wants out, out, out of, that she wants to get away from him? No, she hasn't said that. She, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to speak with someone it's like her head is cloudy it's she's traumatized it's hard to speak with her she does want to get into family therapy that's I know what she's willing to do there she does want resources as far as like shelters like that if she needs it I just she's afraid to talk to me because she doesn't want it to get back to him so then she's in a violent situation and my thing, and my thing, my thing, and what I would say to you is, because you just said you didn't have any resources, so I don't know if you heard heard what I said earlier, but all you have to do, or all she has to do, or the, you can give her the information, and when she's not around him, all she has to do is make one phone call. She can get out of there. She can call Women Helping Women, or she can call any emergency room at a hospital and let them know that she's in a domestic violence situation, need to get away, and they would send a cab for her. I mean, it, she yeah. can get out if that's what she but, but that's but we have to know if that's what she wants to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can give that information to her. Next time you talk to her, you know, you just say, you know, Mom, you know, I, I've been, you know, uh, looking up different resources, and I did find out about women that are being abused, whether it's physical or, or, or verbally, you know, or mentally, um, that you can go to any, you can call any local hospital or women helping women on the phone, or you can just go to the emergency room, and they will place you in a safe house immediately. If she goes into any emergency room and say, hey, you know, I'm being abused by my husband, and and I and I escape. I got away and I came here. I need help. They will give her help. They'll put her in a in a safe house. If she has that fear of him wanting to cause harm, that's consider it's consider her going into a safe house instead of a shelter. 
See, shelters are easy to find. Safe houses are not. Am I making sense? Yeah. Well, see here, let me say something here because I'm sensing something. She has to realize. She has to realize. I'm so sorry about my throat, honey. I can't help this. God. Oh, no apologies needed, Carol. It's okay. <laughs> I know. Um, she has to realize that, you know, this isn't right, that this isn't good, that this is, um, that she is being abused. Like we said earlier right. on, if blood isn't flying, I'm just saying, okay, if blood isn't flying, sometimes people don't realize that it's still abuse. Because if you're controlling a person or if you're verbally abusing them or whatever the case might be in that sense, um, making them feel less than and and just being really rotten and and threatening to them, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you. I'm just using this. Exactly. Yeah. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. We had a woman in a safe house, and the reason why it took so long because she felt like because she wasn't being physically abused that she was stuck, that she couldn't get help or that no one would help her. She Finally, one day, he happened to be gone, and she called the hotline. She was crying like she wanted to hurt herself. We talked her down. After talking her down, I asked her, just tell me what's going on. And she said, well, I don't think it's worth me getting any help because he hasn't hit me. I said, well, what has he done? So he started sharing how he would verbally abuse her for years and threaten to hurt her. He would show her knives and guns and, you know, he was terrified. And we, that is considered uh, domestic violence and and violently, okay? So we got her, we didn't put her in no shelter. We put her in a safe house. He tried everywhere to find her. Once you're placed in a safe house, no one can find you. The police don't even know what safe houses are. Only women helping women and the, the advocates of women helping women in domestic violence would know where the safe houses are. And you can't, even find, you can't even find us to get no information. So that's the difference. I mean, and, and, and from what I'm hearing from you, it wouldn't be good for her to go to a shelter because all he got to do is look up shelter and go to every one of them to find her. But we can put her in a safe house, and she'd never have to look back. Now, let me ask you a question about your brother. Are, um, so he's being abused by him also, to your knowledge? Yeah. Um, do, he, do, he want, do he want to get out away from there? <laughs> he does, but right now, from what I understand, he doesn't want to leave uh, without my mom, it's a it's a pattern with their kids. He's the last one. So we basically we basically gonna have to what basically gonna have to happen is in order to get him out of there, we have to convince her, or either you give her the information I gave you how easy it is for her to get away. And mm-hmm. we can, and then, and then we can plan an outlet for her to get away along with your brother. It it, it doesn't take but one phone call. So I mean, like, you know, my name is Minister Michelle Bless, and my number is on the website. Yeah, I, know, I, just, I looked I'll, it up and I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Yeah, just whenever you get a chance, just give me a call. 
Thank you. And I'll also keep my number and keep it, you know, keep my number. Because you never know, you might be alone with her or you might be alone with him. Were you able to call me and I could talk to him, whatever. But just, Thank just, you. just know that, that I'm available. I'm here. And we can go Thank from you. there. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's, well, there um, you go. There you go. I'm happy you called mm-hmm. in. I'm glad you called in. Okay. I'm glad. I'm oh. glad you called in. Oh yeah. I'm glad oh, you thank did. you. Yeah. Because uh, uh, go ahead. Well, it's hard coping with this. It's hard watching this happen. It's hard living every day not knowing what's going to happen, and having to. Let me to... tell you something, sweetie. Let me tell you something, sweetie. I might interrupt you as we go along. When you are being abused like that, I'm talking about you. Yeah. You know yourself. Uh-huh. You yourself experienced it, and then and then on top of you experiencing abuse, and then you seeing your loved ones being abused. That's a double yeah. ramp. and yeah. that that's absolutely hard to deal with. It puts you in a deep dark depression. Yeah. It, it puts you in a vulnerable state. It puts you in fear. All these different emotions that you're dealing with. You yeah. know. Um, I'm glad that you went and got help as far as therapy. I need, you know, you need to continue that. I'll be happy. I'm, I'm also a licensed therapist myself. Okay. So if you ever need someone to talk to, you know, just feel free to call me because the goal is to continue to talk about uh, the things that you went through in your life that is holding you because whether you, you know, and you don't have to necessarily speak about things in details in public because you might not be ready for that. But I always tell people, you know, write it down, you know, write it, you know, write down your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions on paper so you can see it and read it for yourself. Because it's, it's got to come out because if you keep it in, it's just going to eat you inside and it's going to literally affect you physically. Yeah. I, yeah, I can definitely relate with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 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 going to look up all this information and I'm going to share this information with them. Okay. Um, man. Uh, right now I'm doing my best to take care of myself, but I definitely can see the effects that this is having on my well-being and my life, and it's yeah, it's very difficult. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so, so the only thing you can do is the one thing you did was come online and he, and heard us talking about domestic violence, and yeah. and and the second thing is you're learning resources. Those resources are there and in place. It's just that simple. Any hospital, they're already set up to whereas to make it safe for anyone who's going through domestic violence that are able to come and go into any emergency room and to let the, either the officers that they have officers there sometimes or just go up to the desk, let them know you in a domestic violence situation, you escape, you came here for help. And immediately they're already aware, they already know what to do. They'll take you into a room, which is the social worker's room. They automatically will call and get a representative from Women Helping Women to come there Women helping women not only help women, they also help men, because that's what that's what that's for. If you are if a man is in a domestic violence situation, 
and they will put you in a safe house to get you away from the perpetrator, and then it, and then it starts there. And and it's like you're not alone. I mean, sometimes we have people escape with literally nothing, but they have resources where they can help you. Once they get you in the safe house, they will provide <coughs> everything that you need to start over again. There you go. And they, there you go. And they do that, and they do that for people in the safe houses. And I'm not saying they don't do things in shelters, but there's more resources in safe houses for domestic violence than it is in shelters. That's a okay. whole different story. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. literally, you know, we have helped. Once you come into a safe house, we had, when, when some things were drastic, some, well, not things, but some situations were drastic, like if their life is in danger, we literally move you out of state. Well, actually, do you want to start over? Do you want to stay in the same city or the same state, or do you want to leave? And they will pay, they will move you where you start all over again in a whole different state, you know? They will help you get a job. They will help you, you know, they'll give you money, have a bank account, start over, clothes is no problem. They, they provide you with clothes, everything you need to start over again. Some situations, some people need cars, they'll help get a car. Because we have different organizations that raise money to make sure that we provide what the person that is a victim in domestic violence would need to start over again. So the okay. funds are there for that. That's not even an issue. It's just all the thing we're concerned with is if you're serious and you are in trouble, we're here to help you. That's it. We are here to help you. I think the way I see it, I think my mother doesn't think she's in any danger. Like, she'll say things like, it's not that bad for her. The stuff that my brother is experiencing, he's not doing to her, so she feels she's okay. My 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 brother... How, Wait a minute, you said your brother. So you said the things that's happening to him, it's not happening to her. What is happening to him? Is he being physically abused or sexually abused? Um, not sexually abused. Um, physically? Yeah. But, yeah, it's weird. It, it, the things that I, I would say, I know it's, it's just hard to talk about. It's, it's, he does, um, my dad will pretend a knife's in his hand. An actual knife may be in his hand, but he'll hide it in his hand. The blade is not exposed. And he'll just come up to my brother and, like, jam his fist against his chest and his abdomen. That's crazy. Um, that's abuse. That's mm-hmm. violence. Well, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that, that's, that's absolute violence. That's intimidation. That, that's my, that, that's my that's, father. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah. messing yeah. with his mental. I mean, that's – It is. If he doesn't get help, he's going to snap. I'm telling you that right now. He's going to snap. I know. Or he's going to get hurt worse. But that's not good. I'm, he's definitely in a violent situation, your brother. And and it's, it's, this is a catch-22. He's going through all this, but yet he's there dealing with that for, because of the love he has for your mother because he don't want to leave her. Yeah. So he – I know he wants to get – he wants to get a restraining order. Um. I worked I worked with a, a legal aid foundation to get mine, so I'm going to see. I don't know if they have the resources for him, but I'm going to see if I can. But um, okay, you you mentioned uh, straining order. That's going to be really hard 
I mean, if it, well, no, let me correct. Let me let me correct myself. That's going to start a train wreck. I'm telling you right now, yeah. because if he goes get a yeah. train order, which which don't get me wrong, he has a right to do. You know, one of them going to have to be removed. So, <laughs> you know, they remove the father, then where his mental state going to be out of the house? He might he might end up turning violent. This sounds like a very violent situation to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and if that's the step he's ready to do, I don't think like he he's not going to go to the courthouse and file the petition. Right now, he's trying to get as much information that he can, so he has he's well informed of what's the safest thing to do. Yeah, because my thing is. All this that's going on with him, and he go file for uh, a restraining order. They're, nine out of ten, they'll honor it because he's being abused. But then that's yeah. gonna start a situation with your father. You know what I'm saying? Um, go, that's where you're gonna find out how violent he can be. He can come back. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I I know I know how violent he is. I'm I'm honestly terrified for them. But okay. I can't I can't hold that space because one I have to function, and two, my mom and my brother are both adults, and I'm not <laughs> there with them seeing this going on. So it's not Absolutely. like I can actively do something. I have to, as best as I can, I have to take care of myself, keep myself together, and the only thing you can do is give information. I mean, you're right, exactly. Correct. There's nothing yeah. you can do about your brother or your mom because they are both adults. You, but, I mean, you do know and you're aware of the violence that's going on because you had experienced it. So that's yeah. why I said all you can do is give the, uh, the information or resource. That's it. You yeah. can't do anything else. Exactly. It's going to be, you know, your brother, from what you uh, share with me, I know – Literally, I feel like he's ready to go, but he's not going to leave without your mother. Your mother, she feels because she's not being physically abused that the mental is not that bad, but it is. I know. Of the, yeah. So. I just. Uh, yeah. It can turn very yeah. dangerous. I want to get this across oh, it, to you. It, it, it's going All to right. turn dangerous. <clears throat> yeah. There's it's no other way around it. It's yeah. going to happen. Well, I know I, 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 I want to be mindful of the time, but one thing she said to me, she's like, I really don't want you to get involved or I'm afraid to ask things of you. She's like, because what if he, he knows where I live? He's like, what if he comes over here? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I said, I have a restraining order. I said, that's one. And I said, other than that, you know, calling the authorities. Okay, stop right the, there. The, the fact that she's. The fact that she mentions that lets me yeah. know that she wants she no she wants out. But right. I I think the feeling she has again because I I keep I'm feeling it in my spirit that she feels because it's only verbal that it's not that bad. That's why I want you yourself when if and when you can to tell her about the resource of getting out that she can go to an emergency room or she can call Women Helping Women hotline and they will send a cab for her. They can get her out that situation. I need for her, she needs to understand that there is no difference of physical abuse 
versus verbal. It's all the same. And your dad is a ticking time bomb. The, yeah. I think what's also what's also scary, it's a real thing, because uh, I, I reported my dad when I was 15, and I recanted because there was a great risk of me and my siblings being taken out of the house and being put in the system. And, and that's I, why you I, I can guarantee you my, my home life was so much better and safer than going into the system. So, you know, and even my brother, there was a point where he did snap a few years ago and he got committed. You know, he was threatened. He had to fight. They tried to, uh, he said he was, um, sorry, this may be triggering, but he, he, they was, he was, uh, the the other patients there tried to rape him every day. So, (laughs) so asking, you know, my, my brother or even my mom, Hey, Call this hotline. These people that you don't know are going to help you. But there is a fear and a realization that they may be put in the system. My mom has a job. My brother's going to school. He's working on his bachelor's degree. The reality that they would have to give that up, that's, that's a semblance of their only safety and independence that they have. They that's something. Have to... Okay, wait a minute. So your brother works, correct? Um. Not he works for himself, or, or, but he's a or, student. Or he he's going to school. Yeah, he's going to school. He has a he has a, he's going to a university. He has a scholarship. Um, and your father knows where the, the school that he goes to and everything. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, my my mom my mom works, giving giving up my mom to give up her job, just leave and give up her job. That's a very terrifying thing to do. And Absolutely. to trust your life, to trust your life to strangers, that's an issue that has to be talked about and addressed in order. It's something she has to wrap her head around, and I don't have. I'm trying to, but I don't have the information. You know. It's, well, it's here's scary. the problem. All right, here's the problem with all this. Yeah, you, you're giving all these inferences as to why this wouldn't go forward. Okay, what we've been talking about. And reasons being because of school, because of job. In the meantime, the time bomb is going off in your father's head. Okay? Yeah. Anyone who takes a knife and, and, and plops it up and down like that, I know what you mean. It's only but a matter of time. On your, yeah, sorry. it's only a matter of time. Because you see, know. you know, see, that's, that's what should be the most but, frightening thing. Well, see, here, well, let me say this, Carol. Okay, yeah. as far as his brother in school, he, we, he can... We, we can always get him transferred to a different school. Right. Because his dad knows about that school. We can get him transferred to a different school to whereas his father won't know. And then I know you're probably going to say, well, can he call and find out if he's in a different school? Well, he won't get an answer because the other school, it would be set up for them. We can protect him. The, 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 um, the agency, can, they can, we, I've seen that happen before. I've seen what we had a young woman. Um, it wasn't her husband, it was her boyfriend. She was in school, and she was working. We were able to get her a different job, and we were able to transfer her to a different school, and they didn't have her name where it could be public or listed to be said. So that's, so she was never found, and, and, she didn't have to, and she didn't have to give up 
schooling. She just got transferred to a different university. Um, so, but it was, you know, what, you know, she had a choice to go to a different university in the same city or in another city, in a different state. And she chose to go to a different state. But we had some that stayed in the same city and went to a different university, but they, their name was not known because the school was aware that their name could never be known. For okay. anyone to, as far as <clears> let me say something here. Go ahead. Okay. The show's just about over. <clears throat> we got 60 seconds. I've got to wind up here. <clears throat> but listen, Go ahead. You, have, you, know, you have Michelle's number, honey. You can also call me when my throat's better or whatever. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's <laughs> terrible. But anyway, you know, so just give us some thought. And, and, and keep in mind that when a person is intimidating that way, um, they can't blow at any time. And they're fully enjoying the intimidation that they have over all of you. They don't have to give up. They, your mom, is just, just keep coming back to my spirit. I understand right. that she's working, and that's her source of income. She ain't got to lose her source of income. You know, no, if she she's doesn't. really in a situation the way you described, they, the agencies can help her get into a different job, the similar same job that she has. We have so many corporations and businesses that hire women that have been in domestic violence come through our program. Okay. So okay. I mean, Keep so that I in mind. I, gotta, yeah. I have to end the show, but you know what? We okay. have a great show. Because it covered so much information here. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Annie. And thank you, everyone who's listening and so forth. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Will I be back tomorrow? I'm not sure. <laughs> but okay. we'll be back tomorrow. Okay, good night. God bless. God bless. Good night. night, everybody. Good night. Blog Talk Radio.